No testing has overtaken you that has not common to everyone. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tested beyond your strength. But with the testing, he will also provide the way out so that you may be able to endure it. Therefore, my dear friends, flee from the worship of idols. I speak as to sensible people. Judge yourselves what I say. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a sharing of the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a sharing of the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many are one, are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. I give a lot of credit to these moms coming up here with their children. <laughs> That's risky, isn't it, Kay? Yeah, and that text is, uh, so that text is from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 13 through 17, the Apostle Paul. And I just want to begin by admitting to you that um, there's two big challenges here in this text, and we could go either direction with it, uh, but they could each be a sermon in and of itself. One is this question of, well, what do you mean God is testing me? What does that mean? Does that mean God is mean and God is putting me through all these difficulties and, you know, really wants to make it hard on me? Again, that's a sermon for a whole nother day. And actually, I've talked a lot about that. Just in short, I would say, no, it does not mean that. If you believe that, that's okay. But please don't say that to other people. <laughs> not helpful. Not helpful. But the second thing is, well, the, the second challenge here in the text is, well, what's the way out that Paul was talking about? What's the way out during our time of trial? That's kind of hard to see. And how are we supposed to endure it? So first, we have to remember that what God wants most from all of us, from each human, from every human across the planet, but especially those who claim to follow Jesus and to be uh, seeking God's will in life, what God wants most from each one of us is to be intimately connected with Him. Intimately connected as a child with their parent or a spouse with one another. This type of intimacy that Jesus reflects in John chapter 15, uh, verse 5, saying, I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Deep connection. So then we move on to say that testing is more like a refining. And we read this in uh, 1 Corinthians, let's see, actually, 2 Corinthians, verse 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 17, where Paul says, Now the Lord is spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And all of us with unveiled faces, seeing the Lord, seeing the glory of the Lord as through reflected in a mirror, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, the Spirit. So rather than testing, it's more of a refining. And I've mentioned this before. It's uh, like when silver is, is refined to its purity. It's heated to the point to where the person who's doing the work to make the silver can actually see their reflection in the pool of silver. That's when they know it's done. So rather than thinking of, well, God is testing me to say, well, God is allowing me to go through this time of refining. 
And you might say, well, that's great, but I don't need that. I'm good. I'm comfortable. How often do we say that in our faith? I don't need any kind of refining. Thank you. This isn't very helpful. But refining helps us to see what, what's really uh, offering us security. What we really uh, look towards for hope. What really provides us our true sor- a source of strength or comfort. During times of refining, we come face to face with those things. And the heat reveals the purity of what's there. We see things for how they really are. What are we turning to in our darkest, hardest moments? What's there? So as an exercise, I'd like you to think back to the very beginning of the pandemic. Almost two years ago to the day, right? Think back to that exact time when everything shut down and you realized, well, we weren't going to have church for at least one week. Nobody knew it was going to be several months. What did you do during that time? What did you turn to? Who did you turn to? What was stirring in your heart? Maybe anger for some. Maybe desperation for others. Maybe relief for some. <laughs> yeah, get a little break. What did you turn to? Where, where did you go? I'm going to be really honest with you for a second. Hopefully this is a little more lighthearted. Okay? You know what I, you know what I'll never forget? One of the things that I did well, I we went to Sam's Club. A lot of people went to Sam's Club. And I got something really essential. What do you think it was? Not toilet paper. No. <laughs> no. I, at least I didn't go for the toilet paper like everybody else. <laughs> Not toilet paper. We were set on it. Actually, we loaded up that previous fall. So like, well, we, don't need, <laughs> we don't need toilet paper. We got a good sale on it. No. <laughs> the most weird thing for me, seriously... I bought a huge jar of jelly beans <laughs> and a case of beer. <laughs> like, don't know how long this is going to go, you know? <laughs> you know, and then, honestly, as I was eating the jelly beans and then sharing a beer with Gina from time to time, I'm like, what's wrong with me? You know, <laughs> what, you know why is this, you know, it was just like a deeper kind of thing, like a refining like, why, why, did I, why did I go and get that during this time? You know, why is that my impulse during this crazy time when nobody knows what's going to happen? And that was a, the first of continual crises. And every time that I've been brought face to face with something either most often about myself that I don't like, my reaction to the hardship or the, the stress or the fire, so to speak, or something else that's outside of my control, like the war in Ukraine, for example, right now. Every time I just have to come face to face with how am I reacting? What am I turning to? What am I really, what's my true source of hope? What's my true source of comfort and strength? I can promise you it's not jelly beans or beer any longer. <laughs> and instead, I try to sit with those moments of saying, what is it that's really causing me pain right now? And why? And what does Jesus say about that pain? And, and how should I proceed from here? And I'll tell you, it is not easy. Not at all. Does anybody like to go face to face, toe to toe with your deepest wounds? <laughs> the things that you're most afraid of? Is there anyone who enjoys that experience? Probably not. But we are the ones who claim that 
Jesus walks with us and gives us strength. So if not us, then who? Who will do that difficult work of letting the change start with us? So every time I uh, go through these crises, either within my own heart or on a bigger scale, I notice that I have a renewed desire to be comforted and strengthened by Christ alone. And I don't necessarily live into it, but the desire continues to emerge. And I can say that I I can look back in times of my life and the same thing happens, that the crises or the difficulty drives me to my knees. Maybe not literally, but at least metaphorically. It makes me say, I want to know the Lord more deeply. I want more of Jesus, not less of Jesus. And so I can say with honesty that, and 100% truth that without these fires, these times of refinement, I wouldn't know the Lord. Going back to all the, the earliest days of my walk with Jesus that I've talked to you about many times, but even these most recent ones. Every fire, if I allow God to steer my heart and I turn more fully to Jesus, every fire brings me closer and closer to Jesus. And the things that are less important in life start to just kind of fade away. And I say, okay, God, just show me what's, what you want to be number one for me in my life. Okay, well, that's fine. So the, the refining fires drive us closer to Jesus. That's fine. But still, going back to the text, what is the way out? And the way to endure it. Why does God promise that? Because oftentimes when we're in the fires of a crisis or difficulty, it feels like it's never going to end. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> well, first we have to understand the context of this uh, letter that Paul wrote. First, it was written to a community of believers, people who were wanting to follow Jesus, to peril even, knowing that they would probably have to suffer for following Jesus. And they were committed to praying together, not just by themselves in a private time, but praying together, uh, serving God and living out the gospel together, and worshiping together. So this letter was written to them as a community. And, And second, suffering was expected. It wasn't just a maybe if the government, you know, goes a certain direction, we'll have to suffer. No, it wasn't. That's what you signed up for. And the time of Lent was actually the preparation each person needed to be ready to say, yes, I still want to follow Jesus knowing that I will probably suffer and could die for this because Christianity was illegal. And lastly, this text was more about temptations and idols and having the strength to continue to turn to Jesus rather than the jelly beans or the beer or uh, you know, a political hero or sports or whatever it might be that really brings us comfort in those times when we really need it the most. Maybe the worst one right now, honestly, for myself included, is our phones. When you're feeling uncomfortable, pull out my phone. (laughs) When you're feeling nervous about what's going on, pull out my phone. When you're feeling lonely, pull out my phone. Interesting, isn't it? So this text was mostly about... um, temptations and idols, but this is where it becomes dangerous with Scripture because we tend to take this type of text and tell others and say this to others when they're walking through the intense fire of suffering. God only gives you as much as you can handle, you say. 
And if you've just lost a spouse or a child or maybe both in the same year or you're facing cancer, I'm sorry, but that sharing that text in that situation sounds like BS. <laughs> you're telling me that's the case? God is giving all this to me and still loves me? That doesn't make any sense at all. You know it, don't you? You know it, that that doesn't reconcile. So, so we can't try to make it fit that scenario. But this text especially doesn't ring true in the face of our individualism or our retreat from the church when times get tough or to close ourselves off from the Holy Spirit by saying, yeah, well, this is hard, but I'm just going to turn to the things that help me feel good rather than spending even more time in prayer. Rather than saying, yes, this is a difficult time, so I'm not, even, I'm not going to miss a time at church because I need this community of people. That's what drives us closer to Jesus. So this text doesn't ring true if, if we're clinging to our... Uh, individualism or retreating from the church or closing us off from the spiritual disciplines, then yes, the things we're going through are much more than we can handle. Much more. And we can find ourselves in the midst of a mental breakdown if we think that we're supposed to be strong enough to handle all these intense pressures in life by ourselves. That's insanity. Completely insane. And so we take, sadly, texts like this and ignore them altogether and say, well, that doesn't make sense. I don't believe that. And slowly, we start to pick apart the Bible and and sort out the things that we don't like. We do that in lots of areas. But it's tragic when we say, well, God's not actually here to comfort me and to give me strength during this time of refining, of testing. We're going through this test, all right? Would you agree with that? This is a test. (laughs) And I'm afraid that it's here to stay. You can disagree with me if you want. But here's the good news. God has offered us a way out. Look around. Literally. Please, look around. Please. Look around at each other. This is your way out. This is how we endure suffering. This is how we allow the Holy Spirit to refine our hearts. We need strength from each other. You can't do it on your own. I can't do it on my own. A shared commitment to follow Jesus. A shared commitment to become like Him. A shared commitment to come together and pray. A Christian community. To give ourselves to spiritual habits. Someone called them spiritual disciplines. To read God's Word and to say, God, how does this connect with my heart? A shared commitment to receive communion as the body and the blood of Christ all of which connect us to the Holy Spirit more and more deeply. 
And so friends, as we endure times of refining with one another, led by Jesus, we identify more fully with Him and His suffering. And our hearts then begin to change. You see, here's the refining that happens. Our hearts change as we change our pri- the things we prioritize in our life. We change what we value. We change the way our calendar looks, which is oftentimes the, the most important first step. And we allow God to change what brings us comfort and hope, not just in the crisis, but in all of life. That's when we see that Jesus walks with us for real. And when we endure this testing together, we begin to look around and say, yes, this is hard. But as Paul says, wait for it. As Paul says, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying the body, the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our bodies. He goes on to say, so we do not lose heart. Even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature, our spirit, our souls is being renewed day by day. For this slight Momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure. Because we look not at what can be seen, but what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. Friends, through times of crisis, we develop a reflex and a longing for prayer, for intimacy with Jesus And if we can't allow those times of difficulty to to allow God to generate that desire within our hearts through difficulty, then what will? The good times? Not likely. So if you find yourself in a time of refining like I have for at least two years, maybe let's go back six and a half years to when I said yes to becoming a pastor. It's been a a time of refining. So if you find yourself in a time of refining, ask yourself, who or what am I turning to during this time? What am I turning to for a sense of security or comfort or hope? And consider, then, instead of turning to whatever that might be for you, ask someone for prayer. Here's a... Here's an odd one. Reach out to somebody and say, I'm, you know, I'm struggling. I'm, I'm really having a difficult time. I'm angry. I'm depressed. I'm just hurting really bad. I don't know what to do. Nothing's working. We can't just expect other people to figure that out. If, you know, how, how am I supposed to know if Dean's having a difficult time? There's more and more crises happening in the world. So if we need something from our brothers and sisters in Christ, we have to say, I need help. Enter into that vulnerable space to allow somebody to then say, how can I help you? Let me pray for you. I know that's a hard one too, right? 
But again, this community that this text was written to, that was just normal. Of course I'll pray for you. Yeah, let's do it right now. Let's pray. Maybe if you find yourself in a time of refining, take some, some time for silence. This last week, my heart has just been wound tight. Just like really struggling. And I have to fight to just say, I'm going to sit here for a half an hour in silence and let God speak to my heart. But for the first 25 minutes, it feels terrible. (laughs) You have to fight for these things. You have to let God come into your heart. You have to fight for that space. And lastly, consider what the Lord might be inviting you to let go of. What's God, what, what would God want to refine out of your life? He's not punishing you. But He is allowing you to go through this time of refining so you could let go of whatever it is that you're clinging to and cling more fully to Him. Refining, suffering, hardship, whatever you, however you want to call it, it's painful. But these times bring us into deeper relationship with Jesus when we turn to Him more and more Especially when we share a commitment to follow Him in community together. So friends, as I close today, I I, I pray that you would be strengthened with assurances of the presence of the Holy Spirit with you in every moment. That you would live into the freedom of the Spirit that's mentioned in these texts. And let Jesus hold you. Just let Him hold you as you endure these times of refining. Amen. So, uh, I'm going to have just a brief moment of silent prayer just for you to reflect or 